Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Hey Donovan, uh what what would you what's the feeling like tonight compared to last year or back in the bubble when you guys had that three one lead against the Nuggets? Is that uh, at all comparable or have you tried to move past that already? Same situation. Um, I think the biggest thing is we didn't come in the locker room like we came in happy for the win, but we didn't really come in the locker room like like we got one. Job's not done. Uh, it's not finished. And I think that's the message. I know that's the message. Uh, one through 17 and the coaches and everybody. Um, we have to go there and, and, and take care of home court back at uh, back in Utah. And I think that's, that's where our head is at. You know, this is a good win. Um, there's things we could have done much better. And we'll go ahead and execute that and take care of business at home. But, you know, this, we've seen this before. We've been here before. It's just the exact moment we've played. We've played up to being this team that we've been, you know, because of that moment, I would say, you know, because that fueled a lot of this season. And we're here again, and we're going to go out there and just do what we do and not really relish on the past, although it definitely is fueling. There you go. Donovan Mitchell talking about being in the – Three games to one circumstance once again. Once again, yes. And it's a little different uh, outside the bubble, and it's a new opponent and all of that. The Jazz are better than this team. You and I have disagreed over who was the better team last year, the Nuggets or the Jazz. But, uh, you know, they have a terrific opportunity, and they have that perspective that they might not have had before, might not have been in that situation before, and now they know. So... I would be shocked, Jake, if the Jazz came out flat tonight. It could happen because it's been, at times, a slow-starting team. But I would be surprised if that were to happen. The only relevant thing to take from last year's 3-1 collapse is exactly what Donovan Mitchell said right there. Uh, That's the only thing relevant in my mind, is that the Jazz used that moment as a way to motivate them Mm -hmm. to a certain extent or or certainly uh, increase the stakes on what this team was capable of. Exactly. And and we've seen the result of that, and I'm with you. I think we'll we'll see the result of that tonight. I fully expect that. But as far as that, uh, I mean— I, I said this in the post game. I'm already annoyed with people saying, but you, you blew the 3 1 last year mm-hmm. because this is a different team for, the, for, uh, for one. For two, there's a whole lot of really wacky circumstances why that happened last year. And they were still uh, uh, Mike Conley in and out from advancing. So, yeah. I mean, close but no cigar, I got it. But, mm-hmm. you know, if the team used that as a, a rallying point to take it to the next level, then ultimately that that's a positive. Yes. I uh, do not expect anything like that to happen again to this team. Exactly, Jake. Well said. And I think the fact that the, the Jazz did experience what they experienced, you know, we, I remember that. When, that. when that seventh game happened and the Jazz lost it, Donovan Mitchell collapsed to the floor. I remember it, and he the, he he learned his lesson. Rudy Gobert learned his lesson. Remember in that game, Jokic had like thirty points. I mean, he took it to Rudy in that game, and and I I think they did learn their lesson. They did examine that, and just like uh, Donovan just said there, that it fueled this season. It fueled them, uh, and and they haven't forgotten. 
And that's a good thing. So their reward from last year, even though they lost that series, we've seen the reward all season long, and I think we'll probably see it again tonight. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, they're better than Memphis. They're coming back home. They have all the momentum. Um, they did a really great job against John Morant in the fourth quarter uh, in game number four, which was my biggest concern if the Jazz were vulnerable at all. Stopping him down the stretch was was why, and that was not an issue in game four, really in game three either to a certain extent, considering they got so many stops at the end of the game. So with that neutralized, I mean – I don't see I don't see how Memphis wins tonight. I don't mean that to sound condescending in any way. I just think circumstance and the fact that Jazz are the better team right now. We'll see. Future I, is bright in Memphis, yep. but uh, that's what I expect. Yes, true on all counts, Jake. And I, I you'll see fight out of Memphis tonight. I mean, oh, yeah. this team, that's what they are. Yep. I mean, John Morant is very talented. Valanciunas is is a, a better than average center. Um, and they have, but the rest of the team is just kind of tough and learning. And so they will, they will play hard. That's why the Jazz, the lesson they learned last year is so important for this game. Uh, no fiddle faddling around. And, and I think the Jazz will be all business. If they're not, then, then, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. So if the Jazz do uh, finish things tonight, it should give them some rest because the Clippers play tonight and then presumably I believe they play again Friday. Um, so the, if the Clippers win two in a row, the soonest they'd be done would be uh, Friday. So, and, so then the, so, uh, and then Sunday. And then Sunday. So the Jazz would have an extra couple of days advantage yeah. uh, rest. And heaven forbid that series go seven, then you get even more. Well, yeah, and then Donovan, can he can shore up his ankle. I don't know whether he's having any, uh, you know, any damage or any? I think any it's important though. Deal with that and, Some and rest, all the players, yeah. really. I mean, rest is good at this time of year, in my opinion. I know back in '98, the Jazz were put on the shelf for ten straight days, and people have said that's the reason they came out rusty against the the Bulls. But they did win the first game in that series in '98. Well, listen, rest is going to trumpet. Every time yeah. this year. I mean, people can make the rust argument, and maybe that actually is a real thing. But the fact that, uh, let me give you an example. Mike Conley is not playing like his hammy, knocking on wood, is bothering him at all. I can't believe he just brought that up. So the fact that he— I uh, believe he just brought that up. <laughs> no, the fact—my point is the fact that he got to rest so much between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs probably has uh, helped him— with his uh, his condition with something that he's dealing with. Funny and how more he, rest will be even more. Uh, funny how a guy can play well after he's healed up and rested, huh? Yes. <laughs> if he if he re-hurts that hammy tonight, Jake, it's you're your You're the fault. one jinxing no, him just by saying no, that. You, I was making you're a point. You're the one that brought it up. Stop it. I was making a point. Austin, about, whose fault was about that? Come on. The rest. Referee this. Who brought it up? I was making a point about the rest he was able to get between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs. That's it. <laughs> and uh, observing that he's playing like a player who is fully healthy, is not a jinx. Well, we're going to Secaucus, and yeah, you brought it up, Jake. What does bringing it up have to do with it? Because anything? you don't even touch that it's stuff. It's not the elephant <laughs> no, in the room. you don't this touch is, that. We're talking about the team. You brought up the hamstring. You brought up the ankle of Donovan Mitchell earlier in the segment. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's different. That's, that's, oh, that's a good yeah, point. That's, that's, that's right. All right. All right. We both have... Uh, 
uh, our stands here. No, because I don't acknowledge. We the just got in a food with. fight, and both of us got hit. <laughs> Jake just with his little toddler stamping of the foot. No, <laughs> no, I'm not taking responsibility for any of it. <laughs> this right. is a conversation about the Utah Jazz, and unfortunately, and if they get hit by a bus, they get hit by a bus. I don't. Mike Conley's oh, healthy. That happens. <laughs> Austin's out of work. You get hit by a bus. This. Uh, this this segment spun out of control. Not on the air. It did spin out of control on the air. It did, but nothing was as bad as what was said off the air. Austin. You bad boy. That's your word against mine. And who, that was who are you weird. Believe? Why do you have to say it like that? What? Uh, you bad boy. <laughs> that was... That was, <laughs> was... You bad boy. <laughs> I guess some people are just naturally <laughs> well, I creepy. Don't I don't know what to tell you. I just don't get it. <laughs> bad boy. <laughs> well, how else do you say bad boy? Well, say something else. Who says bad boy anymore? <laughs> don't say naughty boy either. No, worse. That's worse. Be well, better. What would you? How would you describe? What would you call him after what he said? You heard it. He Accurate. Said it off the air. I would have just said too far. Too far. That's it. Too far. <laughs> too far. Oh, you, it's all not, laughs and giggles not, until I go not, too far. <laughs> off air. Not you, bad boy. <laughs> we got to pull it. I got to hear it again. <laughs> bad boy. It wasn't that. Uh, no. It was like weirdly I didn't go breathy. Bad boy. <laughs> You gotta warn people when you're gonna I didn't do that. say bad boy, do it again. Now it's now it's not funny. Now you've encouraged it. Yeah, now it's not. Now it's see again, too far. That's all. Too far. I, I all right, look. Uh, let's let's have a group lesson here. This is a teaching moment, right? Okay, I was wrong to say it that way. All right, but you were wrong for bringing up Mike Conley's hammy. And you were wrong for for nothing else. Bringing up. <laughs> All I said was that the rest would do Donovan's ankle bone good. So he, you brought up that. <laughs> but I don't acknowledge a jinx. This is a, a conversation about the Utah Jazz. This is our present conversation. And actually, if you want to put a serious tone on this segment, the health of said hamstring and said ankle on both of those players is extraordinarily important because without both those guys, the Jazz are not going to be able to get uh, as far as they could potentially go. And that's that's not an opinion. That's pretty much a fact. Bad so. boy. <laughs> that just sort of distilled from heaven, didn't it? I think it's kind of sexy myself. Bad boy. <laughs> you're the You're the only one. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, good talk, Russ. Tried to <laughs> tried to to salvage a, a a serious conversation there, but good job, Austin. Oh. Bad boy. I did ask to hear it. You did. I did. I did ask to hear it. That I think there's true. plenty of blame to pass around in this segment. Just for it all, really. Just a, a, a team. I'm sorry. All right. Good times. I'm not sorry for anything. See, I'm not either. <laughs> I didn't jinx anybody. What you said in our ear was totally, totally uh, uh, funny, but difficult. 
for us to absorb. I'm sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> You've hurt Gordon's feelings, Austin. Nice apology, you bad boy. All right. No, you have to. You can't. I'm going to give you a spanking. <laughs> weird. <laughs> weird. Things got weird. That's nice. All right. Bad boy. Coming up next, some relevant things happened around the rest of the NBA. We can get to that. Gordon's Are there Lakers. any bad boys involved in that? Gordon's, no, probably not. Gordon's Lakers had a rough night. You know, I was thinking about which game to watch as I was observing those games. L-A-K-E-R-S. That was the wrong choice all the way around. But I did. Uh, that that, uh, that Nuggets uh, I love LA. Trailblazers game was something to see. You do like the Blazers. That is true. Or not the Blazers, the uh, Nuggets. <laughs> see? <laughs> Oh, it was a great game. Two overtimes. Damian Lillard, pretty special. We'll talk about I've it. I've got a question, though, real quick, and we'll just let it hang over the break. Why is it when when Jokic talks, you want to giggle? You want to laugh? Does anybody else feel that way? Yeah, you see the expressions on his face? It's funny. He's a funny man. Austin? He's a natural comic. Uh, I don't know the last time I watched a... Uh, Nikola Jokic media availability. They, a natural comic that that is not true. That he is not a funny man. What? I've seen enough Nikola Jokic press conferences. Well, it's just the expressions on his face and the way last night. Are you saying he's funny looking? Because <laughs> that's what I'm getting. No, funny looking. What's funny is the expression. Funny on like his a face. clown. <laughs> Let's, uh, Is he here to amuse you? Put this uh, train back on the tracks. All right. We'll get to that and more. Uh, I, I, there are people out there who agree with me, I'm Who sure. else does Gordon find how funny? funny how? I mean, funny looking. <laughs> I didn't we'll say find funny out, looking. We'll find out next. I said he's naturally comedic. All right, Gordon. Uh, let's talk about uh, the rest of the NBA. Let's start off the floor for a moment, although I do want to get your thoughts on last night's playoff games. Danny Ainge is stepping down as president of basketball operations for the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens is stepping up into the big chair and leaving coaching behind. The Celtics will now begin a search for a new head coach. Any thoughts? <sighs> Gee, what will Danny do? Well, we're going to ask Mannix that question at five because he reported that uh, maybe the, the the Utah Jazz would be a good fit. Uh, look, I don't want to speculate. For what job, we don't know. Yeah, by the way. I don't yeah. know. But we do know that Ryan Smith is quite close with Danny Ainge. They're golfing buddies. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Isn't it? How old is Brad Stevens? I, I, he's young. He looks young. I don't know if he if he is, but he's probably what is he in his is he fifty? No, 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 no. He's got to be in his forties. So he's uh, taking on a, a large responsibility with a storied franchise. He's forty four, and I hear he has unfinished business. Well, he and your guy uh, Hayward Sorry. both. Um, forty four. So is he? Oh, I'm surprised he's not moving to Charlotte so they can finish the business. They can be there. together. Yeah. Well, maybe Gordon's coming back to Boston. Oh, who knows? Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, coaching is a grind. It, it, it's a grind, and I I understand why he might want to do that. Now, if he'll be any good at it, <laughs> how do we know? We don't, because it's a totally different skill. 
And and for what's, example, what's his what's his title? Is it the exact same position Danny had? I believe so. I I could go back and because check obviously the release, he's but. used to evaluating talent. So from a personnel standpoint, he would I imagine be rather skilled in that regard. Well, he's used to coaching talent. Yeah, president of yeah. basketball ops. Okay. I mean, not all coaches are great personnel people. I mean, there's a bunch of examples of that all over the place. But Danny Ainge wasn't the best coach in the world. No offense to him. But he turned out to be a really good fit was he, in the he front office. He was a good office. coach, wasn't he? Was he all right? I don't remember him Who being Who threw the great. towel in his face? Is that Dan Marley? No, no, no. Dan wouldn't have done that. Dan would have punched him. Uh, who was it? Journeyman. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, you got to find you got to find what uh, life's too short to do it any other way, man. I mean, do you, so was Danny forced out? Um, that's not the way they're selling it. Well, again, something else we can ask Mannix about. I know that he was feeling some pressure based on what I had been told, but um, you know, uh, yeah. If 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 he wanted something different, then go do something different, man. Life is too short not to do it to do it any other way, especially if you have some resources, which yeah. Danny obviously does. You know, if let's say for a second it wasn't mutual and Boston wanted to move on, where would it have gone wrong for him? Do you think is it? Because here's my opinion: that miss on Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. was the turning point for yeah, him. I'll agree. That was a huge move. He pushed a lot of chips into the center. He actually kind of burned some bridges from a player standpoint, you know, with some things with Isaiah Thomas. Remember that whole debacle? Uh, To get Kyrie Irving there, they also signed Gordon Hayward. Bam. Combine with the young talent that had just gotten them to the Eastern Conference Finals, and you should be off and running, and it just didn't work. So what we're we're painting, the picture we're painting here is that Brad Stevens is going from the frying pan to the fire? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's just a different routine, you know. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's just as pressure-packed, but it's it's not the grind of, of coaching. I would think, it, depending on how your brain is built, coaching would be a lot easier. There's a lot of administrative, like organizational skills that go into being a, a president of basketball ops or whatever. You have to coordinate many minds to ultimately make a big decision yourself and with the responsibility that that carries. I mean, that's that's totally different than hey, I I was uh, I was out on my back porch, hanging out, you know, having a glass of wine, and boy, did I dream up the greatest inbounds play that you've ever heard of. Let's go out there and work on it and practice. You know, it's just it's just well, really different. You're you're underselling the pressures of coaching. I, no, no, no. I I'm I'm not trying to do that. My point is to say that the pressures are different. You okay. know what I mean? The, 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 the skills are different. I mean, there's still plenty of pressure that that inbound play but better work. But you still have to it's... have a good basketball mind either right. way. Uh, I mean, it's in the same field, but it's a different job. Yeah. Well, I agree. So that's that's. I'm not trying to undersell the pressure. I'm just trying to say, like, you know, drawing up an inbounds play and coordinating an international scouting effort are completely different. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But you have to assume that he's picked up some of that stuff as he's gone on. We'll see. How long was he the coach in Boston? Do you remember? Oh, it's been a while. I mean, yeah. It's probably been seven, eight years now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's been able to observe. And I'm sure he's had many talks with Danny uh, to see what that's like. 
and he must have liked what he saw or else he wouldn't take a position like that or make a move like this. What I'll be curious to see is how ownership handles it because Danny Ainge could do whatever he wanted to at any time. I mean, he had total control. Will it be the same way with Brad Stevens? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, He's been around the, the franchise long enough to be able to have, to have made some inroads with the power brokers. And I imagine that that he, yeah, why else would you hire someone in that position? Who's going to usurp his power? Well, we've seen it a lot. Well, some owners who really shouldn't be meddling do that at times. But sounds like he's at the top of the pyramid other than actually possessing the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said there might be a slip well, between the lip I and the cup on I that one. I just think sometimes that's a naive thing to say because that's why? Because the owner's nephew's friend is going to complain about some move that was made. Because if an owner continues to butt heads with a president of basketball ops, for example, mm-hmm. the owner is not on the same page, but goes, you know what? I'll trust your judgment. Yeah. That only happens so many times. <laughs> Agree. Does that make sense? Yes. That only happens. Well, so the many relationship times. has to be. Fantastic. There has to be yeah. synergy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so an ownership group that has had Danny Ainge operating the way he does thinking like he was running a little fast and loose and it caught up with him. We're going to get somebody in there who's going to, be on the same, you know, quote, be on the same page as us. And I don't know how much Danny and the ownership disagreed, so I don't know. I'm talking more theoretically. but You mean, be a, you mean like uh, be a good boy? And I'll, that's why I'm saying I'll be curious to see how much. I don't even get a chuckle out of that. Brad Stevens. Well, it wasn't as naturally <laughs> chestery as yeah, the bad boy I, I was. agree with you. I agree with you. So, And, uh, you know, well, let's say that Danny does end up with the Jazz in some way, shape, or form. How does that go? What role is that going to be? Yeah, I don't know. Because he does have a relationship with the owner, so. A very tight one. From what what I've heard, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you if you you think there can be too many cooks in the kitchen? That's what I'm saying. If you really want to look at the soap opera of it all, I mean, it'd be really interesting to see a a dynamic, how that would play out. Well, I was originally going to say, can you have too many smart people? But maybe you can. (laughs) I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. You would think not, but then again. Did I tell you about the time I stole that pass from Danny Ainge when we were playing? Yeah, I have heard that story. It happened. It did, I'm sure. So let's talk about the the Suns and the Lakers, and uh, it was not a close game, 115 to 85. Um, and we'll get into LeBron, but I, I'm curious to, to your thoughts on on what Charles Barkley had to say after this. All right, well, basically, he he's talking about that they have no chance to win the series, let alone anything more than that. Well, we could play the sound, you know that that was the. Oh. That was, the, uh, that was the idea. Why'd you look at me oh, like that? No, I was trying to set up the sound. <laughs> okay. I told you guys I hate you yet. Well, why? We did, can we play it, Austin? Go ahead. Let's play it. Anthony Davis, uh, I told you, the Lakers can't win this, 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 this series. Forget about the championship. They can't win this series without uh, street clothes. <laughs> I'm not even. You want to explain that? I call him Anthony Street Clothes Davis because he's always in street clothes. 
Uh, my reaction to that is it's not a player's fault when he gets injured. Is it? No, that's a little mean. I mean, I, mean, I, I laughed, but yeah, it's a little a mean. It's a good nickname, yeah. though. <laughs> it's a little mean. I mean, it's one thing if a guy is 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 not playing when he's capable of playing. Yeah. But if he's getting hurt, if he's out there battling and doing what he does, some guys are, are fortunate. They they don't get hurt. Other guys do. Uh, and and I, I don't know. Uh, unless it's a fake injury, then then I um, that's kind of funny. But it's not well. The really point. It's nicer than Ben Maller's nickname for him, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> the point he made though <laughs> is correct. That the Lakers are not a terrific basketball team without Anthony Davis. And they'll have trouble beating the Suns, let alone their oh, next they won't, opponent. They, they won't beat the Suns. Right. So, without. I mean, you know, if that isn't looking good for Anthony Davis on an injury front, you know, this might be a short visit to the playoffs for the Lakers. And it's like I said earlier, the Suns are really, really good. I mean, any update on Chris Paul? I mean, is he— He's not going to be right for the till the offseason. Well, maybe both of them are, are hampered then in a significant way. But Suns are good, man. I, I, when you when you take away one of the top ten players in all of basketball, out of the formula, I don't know if you, I don't care if you do have the best player. It's, it's, it's not. Uh, it doesn't look good. I, I agree with those guys. Now on to LeBron, who left the floor when he was down one hundred five to seventy three with five minutes and forty seconds left to go in the game. Now. Frank Vogel, after the game, said LeBron was getting a head start on treatment and they want him to be as prepared for the next game as possible. Really? By five minutes and 40 seconds? That is such a load of crap. He left his team. If the, if, if the Lakers had been ahead, you think he would have left? No. I agree with you. And uh, LeBron, why, why, why do coaches lie like that? I, I, I know why they lie. They're trying to pretty it up. But that... I saw him walk out of the tunnel, and I just said, LeBron, what are you doing? They're getting a head start on treatment. That's ridiculous. LeBron has a history, and there are a lot of positive things about LeBron. And and I feel like i got to start there because there are a lot of positive things about LeBron. He's a great basketball player. But at times over his career, he's he's shown himself to be a, a bit of a poor sport. After they lost in the in the finals when he was with the Heat and he stormed at the locker room as opposed to to shake hands and I know he's not required to but it always that stuff, I mean, if we're going to talk about kids looking up to basketball players, I'm with you and Charles Barkley. They're not role models, but the least that a basketball player could do is show how to be a good sport because I think that's an important thing to put out into the world. How to especially be a good winner since, and loser and be a good sport. Especially since LeBron gets so much love when things go his way. Right. You know. I, and I, and that, I've always had a lot of respect for coaches, players who talk after a loss. It's difficult to do, but they do it. Well, let me ask you this. And the same thing with this. Leaving his team, he deserted his team. That's ridiculous. He, here's one thing I always loved about the sport of tennis. That is a, a requirement. Win or lose, you walk up to the net and you shake the hand of your opponent and the umpire, if uh, if that's what is called for. But I'm sure raising tennis players yourself, that was probably a tough thing for them to do after a tough match that they maybe fell a little short in, walk up to that net and be a good sport. But that's important. I, I think, think that's really important. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't he, like he that He betrayed stuff. his team, man. He, I know it's... 
Some people say it's no big deal, but it is a big deal. I it's think like so. I, I think so. And but you know, LeBron they'll they'll couch it as treatment, and he probably got treatment. The, the trainer was probably sitting in the back munching on some Cheetos. It was like, whoa, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, let's get started. Like two weeks ago, when he wasn't missing due to injury or medical, and they asked Frank Vogel, "Is he missing due to injury or medical?" and he said, "No, he's just not with the team." I don't think that went over well with LeBron and his camp. So this time they're, they're lying not. for him. Yeah.